Hello, and welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Today I am joined by Justin Ayotte. Hey, the bold and Bo- oh, Sorry. And Boris. I'm the emergency medical hologram. How may I be of assistance? Nice. Uh, Milos is on shore leave right now, so we're going to... Uh, we are going to review the last four episodes of Prodigy Season 1. Um, sorry we took a while to get back to this we just had a bunch of stuff going on between the four of us and everything and uh given that these are shorter we figured it would be easier to just do a bunch of them at once we will be reviewing uh the episodes 17 through 20 uh ghost in the machine mind walk and the two-part season finale supernova um justin you're gonna do the plots on these because you have a better memory for this kind of stuff and i watched this entire block in like two hours yesterday yeah. so some of it sort of blurred together I mean, a little bit i mean i i kind of did the same thing but um but yeah no i i uh i can kind of differentiate between the two uh the four and uh, i also opened up the wiki just in case i start fucking them up so ah okay nice so let's start with uh ghost in the machine then all right so ghost in the machine is uh episode 17 of season one um it is uh the episode where um, the crew of the Protostar are in the um, holodeck and they're practicing simulations on how to um, basically fight the Dauntless without like contacting them or uh, really destroying them or doing anything like that or without them destroying the Protostar. They're essentially, um, they every... were simply trying to do anything that wouldn't trigger that virus thing. Right? Yeah, yeah. and okay. pretty much in every simulation they failed. And so right as they were about to say, you know, right as they were about to leave, they said that, um, you know, that they maybe they're not going to go to uh, to Starfleet and maybe they're just going to keep, you know, traveling, doing what they're doing. And then uh, so they left the holodeck and they went to have some dinner. Uh, Jane Campan um, went and did and gave them like some ice cream, I guess, um, to eat. And they're all having fun and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden, like. As they go into bed, there's like parts of like their individual holodeck uh, programs that are popping up everywhere, and so then they get confused, and then all of a sudden they end up in uh, a mystery novel thing that um, Zero uh, goes into, and they figured out that they never actually left the holodeck, and that they were still inside the holodeck, um, and then Janeway hologram Janeway. Um, is trying to get them free from the outside. Um, and so Dal gives her the command codes to try to get them out of the holodeck. In the meantime, they have to go through all these series of chapters in this story that they're going through about some skeleton key. And uh, so it goes from zeros to um, Jankum Pods to a jazz club thing that I guess is Murph's uh, holodeck <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, I thought that Great. And, and I was, I was waiting yeah. for uh, James Darren to show up. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so then, uh, so then anyway, so uh, then they get to a pirate ship part, which I believe was dolls. And yep. um, then Zero figures out that they actually need to stop playing all of the puzzles and everything to solve the puzzles because that's what's keeping them in there. And yep. so then they decide to stop playing the game. Um, and then, uh, that's when they come to find out that Janeway actually trapped them inside the holodeck, um, because 
they had mentioned that they weren't going to go to Federation space. So the um, thing that's inside the Protostar um, overrid Janeway and basically hit a um, like a protocol in her system um, that keeps them on track to go back to Starfleet. Um, and then uh, she used the uh, command codes to take over the command uh, functions of the ship. And basically, at the end of the episode, they are smack dab in front of the Dauntless. Um, and they are locked out of the system. Hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, yep. I, I really liked the, uh, the, the holodeck stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think they, in a certain way, they kind of get at each of the characters' personalities too. Um, I like that you don't see, like, I don't think Rocktack actually had a separate program, but like, Stuff from hers would just pop up everywhere. Like she had, like yeah, she sort of- she was like a she was like a like a vet thing. It kind of reminded yeah. me of like those DS games that my sisters used to play that were like uh, like pretend to be a vet or whatever. Yeah, and, I um, thought of, it was like, like one of those before like a holodeck. <laughs> I thought of like Pokemon and Animal Crossing and all that mm. stuff. Um, and I did like the, like I said, I love the jazz club thing. I love that Murph was actually singing. Like, I thought that was hilarious. Um, <laughs> I would quit. I, well, they said, I they, said they think he was more uh, lip syncing than anything. Yeah. Don't really talk. But. <laughs> what I was wondering, though, if D. Bradley Baker did the singing for that, just because mm. it would finally give him a chance mm. to actually do something other than. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, but I like this one. I think my. My problem with it on a larger writing level is it just felt like filler. It just felt like, you know, one of those ones that they do because, like, they know they know they have 20 and they, you know, they're coming up to the end of it and they know how they want it to end as we see in the ones after this. But they mm-hmm. had, like, it kind of just felt like, a, a, like the idea that it was stalling them was in the story itself and it also just the way it was put together was like, okay, how much more obvious could you make this? Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it, like, like I was saying <laughs> pregame, like, uh, you know, oh, bless you. I don't know if you've seen yep. this. Um, yeah, I did. But, uh, all right. And, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like pregame, like I was saying, it kind of seemed like um, they kind of started writing themselves into a corner. And yeah. so now the problem is, is that they had to write themselves out of the corner. Um, and so that, uh, so that ended up being the problem is that they needed to like kind of stall themselves until they get to the end of episodes 19 and 20. So they had these, this episode and probably really the next one, I guess, um, they put some filler stuff in there, but I think it did a good job of also not only just being filler because to us, it seems like filler, but in the long run, it also shows like, because once again, this show is directed towards kids not really directed towards us there's stuff that we like in it but it's more directed yep. towards kids trying to get them into trek um it shows them like the holodeck and it shows them like you know some of the malfunction stuff because there's been a bunch of episodes in star trek where the holodeck is malfunctioned like the moriarty ones and all that kind of stuff and uh so i think it kind of does a good job of also showing them like hey you know this kind of happens and so then when they go to watch regular trek it's like, oh, yeah, that was in Prodigy, you know, or whatever, yep. you know what I mean? And then that'll, like, kind of, like, you know, boost their knowledge or whatever. Yeah, I also think it bothered me less because, 
of the way we chose to do these, where we took a couple weeks off from doing this regularly, which we've done with the animated one a couple of times. If we had just done this one by itself, I would have been screaming about how pointless all of it was. (laughs) But because because I ended up watching four of them in in a row, like... I understood yeah. that it was. I understood that it was filler. It was meant to stall the plot out. But then the fact that I got right into the last three, which was the the resolution of the plot from this year, it didn't bother me as much as it would have if we had made the effort to do this one as a single episode review. Yeah, you know um, what bothered yeah. me the most, though, and this happens in probably every Trek show that has a holodeck on it. Every time there's a fucking malfunction, there's a they they uh, disengage the security protocols in the holodeck for some reason which makes no well, fucking that, sense whatsoever well that's because there has to be some level i mean they've established that the holodeck yeah. as long as you have them is something where you can't possibly be injured or whatever so i mean in order for there to be any you can have all the you can have malfunctions to the cows come home but an, of, in order to establish that there's any sort of danger in it you got to do that Mm. I mean, yeah, but still, you know, one would uh, one would think that the logical way to do things is uh, for the safety protocols to always be on, no matter what. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, they used to do that kind of stuff in like X Men too, when they were in like the danger room, and then the yeah, danger but... room safety protocols would come off, and then it's like, oh no, this is all real. This blade is really going to chop Wolverine in half. You know what I mean? And it's yeah, like, but the, you know, it, I mean, yeah, there needs danger... to be there needs to be an element of danger. You know what I mean? Yeah, when there needs to, man. Happens. But the uh, with the X Men's uh, danger room, it was at least in the cartoons, the animation stuff, as I remember. Like, you always knew you would get hurt in that thing, you know? Like, mm. it was always dangerous to be in that thing. That's I, why I it was called the danger room. Well, I, I, think, I think they showed... Because they do it all the time. Mm. But I, I feel like there would have been a way to, to do it here where it would have made more... would have would have bothered me less because, like, they could have just... had something where one of the kids was dicking around with the tech and they don't understand what they're looking at, so they accidentally shut him off. You know. Yeah, but you know what? They could have easily just trapped them inside and not let them get out. Like there was yeah. ways to do it. You know, other there were other ways to do it. To me, it was just know. it was just. Well, you know, my my other I question mean, I, is this, right? My other question is this: If Janeway is corrupted by the the super virus thing, and she's willing to put them in that situation where they're trapped in there, and it, and it keeps them from making this decision to go elsewhere does she need one of them alive to actually trigger the virus once they get there because why doesn't she just kill them no i mean she could i mean technically she could um do it all herself i believe yeah um because she was able to control the ship and everything on her own um when they went to like the planets and stuff like that um i think well first of all the main part the reason why they don't kill them in the episode is because well, it's a kid yeah, show because it's a kid show <laughs> obviously you're not gonna murder <laughs> but them. i mean yeah t- yeah technically she could have the thing if if that was a thing a gimmick that we knew earlier then um yeah i would imagine in like a normal show like they probably like the janeway thing probably would have tried to kill him um which is mm-hmm. also another reason why they disable the safety protocols because technically she can't kill them because she's a hologram so the so the holodeck can kill them without the safety protocols hence the reason why they use the safety protocol gimmick in this one and i think it's also like see when i watch this show i also see it from like 
the kids' point of view. Like now, this introduces them to that gimmick that's in all these other episodes of Star yep. Trek. So, like to us, like like Boris was saying, like it's it's like a a time and time use thing, and it kind of gets annoying and boring. But the thing is, is that like if you're seven, eight, nine, ten years old, and you've never seen Trek, this is the first time you're seeing something like that, and now that's going to introduce you to the multiple episodes and the live action stuff that that happens in. You know. Yep, you've been. I mean, yeah, I, I'll I'm give trying, you that. Uh, I'm trying really to do that with this show, but you've been way better at that than I have. I gotta say, yeah. So, yep. So, yeah, I like this one. I I did think it was funny that the uh, that the pirate crew was very much like Dell programs them to just blindly do whatever he wants. Um, were, I mean, it's a holodeck. I mean, yeah. Well, I I did think it was funny though, like the. There, there was one bit that had me laughing where, you know, he orders them to start. They're still kind of playing along with the skeleton key thing at that point, And he orders the people on the pirate crew to go looking for it. And one guy was like, I'll jump up the side of the boat and go look in the water just in case it's there. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, my God, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, decent start to the block, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Shall we get into the next one then? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so episode eighteen is Mind Walk. Um, so this episode, uh, we have the Protostar. Um, they're right near the Gauntlets, and um, so uh, they're trying to basically at this point they're trying to not attack the Dauntless because they know they're going to lose. Um, and they're trying to hopefully that they don't attack them. Um, so uh, they're trying to figure out ways to contact. Um, Admiral Janeway, the real Janeway, on the Dauntless to basically explain to her the situation. Um, in the meantime, uh, we go back to the situation on the Dauntless where um, uh, Gwen's father, um, that other person from their uh, creature thing, I forget what they're called. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and that that word. And, uh, and that big <laughs> robot, and the big robot guy from uh, from uh uh general grievous there um and so yeah i i mean yeah, yeah. that's what he yeah, was yeah 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 that it definitely <laughs> now that you said it definitely reminds yeah you're on point, he really does look a lot like grievous yeah you're on point yeah. you're on point for sure man and uh so anyway so um so she's locked in a closet because they knocked her out and so she goes back to being ensign Asensia. Which and, I uh, goes back to about, the, by the way. Yeah, and uh, goes back to the bridge, um, and basically like tries to convince the um, second in command officer, um, the commander, um, to uh, um, to basically. Mandalorian played by David Diggs. Cause I forget his fucking name. If they ever gave it. Oh, is it David Diggs who does the voice yep. of him? Oh, we oh, should talk right. about okay. it. I, I did recognize the the voice. The uh, oh. the three major members of of the Dauntless <laughs> crew that get lines uh we already know the doctor guy is jason alexander yeah uh, david diggs plays the commander and oh, all right. uh the good place and she hulks jamila jamil plays Ascentia. oh yeah well we we won't mention that she was from she hulk um no, i liked her in another anyway. one yeah anyway, yeah good place um, yep yeah so um so basically what happens is uh um Zero because she is um she it I think zero is whatever. Dude. Yeah, I don't know. Um zero 
has a like telepathic thing when she's with when it's with the hive mind um but uh not with the hive mind so uh they try to use doll as a conduit to do the um the uh tele uh, uh telepathy telepathic yeah. telepathy thank you and um i knew i had the right word and uh so <laughs> so anyway so i guess doll one of doll's 27 you know uh Jeans. herbs and spices um <laughs> says uh <laughs> I, dude, is, I used uh, to work at kfc that, that that's gold right there man oh, and uh, uh it uh oh, apparently one of them is telepathic so um they try to use they had organian, i believe they said he had organian dna which gives him telepathy well, he has Vulcan and, uh, in them too, so yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure there's Beta Z too, so yeah, you know. probably. Um. Anyway, so uh, they basically do like a mind meld essentially with Janeway, um, and then they switch consciousness, which has happened before in a Star Trek episode. I don't remember the name of it, but I believe it was on uh, uh, TNG. Um, uh, I mean, you had the. The last yeah, episode of TOS was the one where Kirk switched bodies with a woman. Oh uh, yeah, that, there you go. That there was that one too. Yeah, I, I remember. Ruder. I remember that happened in uh, TNG. I think it was uh, Troy and somebody else. They like switched Oop. bodies, or somebody took over the body, or something. But anyway, you also um, had the thing where that where that scientist took over Data's body uh, in season two somewhere. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. True. that's true. They did anyway, they did similar yeah. things, yeah. So there was also an episode again, where Riker uh was um, mind was switched, I think. Oh, that's right, that's right. Riker and um what's her face? Ensign Rowe. They switched right. bodies. Or yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There yeah, we yeah. go. Boom, <laughs> boom, boom, boom. See, I knew I knew at some point I would remember the episode. Um <laughs> and uh so anyway, um uh yeah, so once again going back to the kids thing kind of introduces them to that concept of the body switching um anyway um so then uh doll is in admiral janeway's body Amor admiral janeway is in doll's body and then basically that's how we get her to find out the crux of the situation that there's a you know device on board that is going to basically destroy the federation if they open comms or if they make any kind of communication or any kind of sub subspace signal um and so and doll is acting like an idiot on the dauntless and ends up getting Janeway arrested and put in the brig <laughs> and so um so now they're trying to figure out how to get Janeway out into space and doll out into space so they can physically touch because apparently the body transfer happened when the dauntless was attacking the uh was attacking the um protostar and so the the laser hitting the either the hull or hitting the um shields caused like a conduit for them to switch the bodies so now they're trying to see since they're not attacking anymore if they can throw them out into space and like basically touch fingers like they're the wonder twins um and so then uh murph ends up getting uh doll's body out into space but then a tractor beam tries to bring janeway back in um, but in the meantime, they end up, you know, <clears throat> using phasers and stuff to, you know, get them to switch bodies and they switch bodies right at the end. And so Dahl ends up back on the bridge of the ship and Janeway ends up in the brig. Yep. yep. And I love the idea, you know, 
Uh, and again, it kind of felt like artificial uh, difficulty in a way, but you almost. Oh, uh, sorry, to... sorry. We uh, we also found out in this episode that Janeway told all the kids that um, Dahl probably won't be accepted into Federation and into Starfleet because he's an augment, um, which true. also harkens back to um, Strange New Worlds. So if these kids are watching Strange New Worlds, they know all of this information, and right. um, they ended up smack dab right in front of an entire armada of uh, Starfleet ships. Anyway, sorry, continue. Nice. Uh, I did like the um, that spacewalk scene in the warp conduit was pretty neat. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed that. And that, to me, that's something you wouldn't try to do on a live-action show. They um, did. They did? Well, they did. In Star Trek Enterprise. Oh. Because I was gonna, oh, I was gonna say right. they did the spacewalk yeah. in, yeah, in the trip, movie. Trip had to, Trip had to. I forgot what it was, but they had yeah. to fix something. And uh, yeah, but basically, Trip uh, Tucker, uh, he had to, you know, in. I think it was uh, in the. They were doing warp two, and they had to simultaneously connect the two ships uh, in warp two, and he was able yeah. to do it and uh, save the day. I blah blah I blah. I thought this was really well done, though. Like the but whole for sure, yeah. Just in in animation, you're able to do way more like that without budget constraints and everything, and it just for looked sure. really neat. I did like the, um, you know, uh, normally I, I think dolls kind of played sort of over the top a lot of the time, but yeah. then when he comes back and he, they're like, "Oh, you've been in you 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 know." Janeway's been in contact with us now. She can help us get out of this. And he's very flatly goes, "Yeah, well, I might have screwed that up." And they kind of think, and they kind of think she's crazy now, and they're not going to listen to a single thing he says. And I was just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, yeah honestly, I really, I really enjoyed this episode just because yeah. of how ridiculous it was. Like how, like Doll was talking like very prim and proper, and like it was Janeway, and then Janeway. Uh, you you know that um, uh, uh, Mulgrew really hammed up the whole like oh, know, acting gosh. like a she, kid and stuff like that. Oh man, that was so great! Like her walking she around, absolutely, and... she absolutely hammed it up, and she was great. Oh like, yeah, I loved. I mean, it was, I think the thing that I'm I'm getting to with this show, particularly because it's a kids show, is like the stuff that's really out there. And more played for comedy, which they've done a couple of times in this show. Not, you know, it's not like every episode is that, but like the things that are effectively played for comedy work really well on this because to me, it's like you said, just being able to view everything through a kid's lens and like look at, well, this is the first exposure they're going to have to this. And like, I will give them credit, like, as much as I sometimes think the writing staff kind of runs themselves in circles trying to maintain this, like they can't communicate with anybody or do anything. Um, the comedy out of this scenario within what could, what should also be a really serious situation works really well. Oh, for sure, man. The only problem I had was like, uh, why are you guys doing doll like this right now? Like we have like three episodes left. Like what's going to happen? Like, <laughs> Well, I think Justin said they they needed some way to they needed some way to have Janeway actually communicate with them and understand what their actual situation. No, I know, was. I know. I'm and, just saying. And why I they... think, and I think they also needed a way to basically explain to the crew that Dahl 
may not be able to actually become part of Starfleet with the whole augment mm. thing. So no, yeah, for sure, man. But I'm talking about Dahl behaving the way he did in the Janeway's body. You know, oh, it just, yeah, yeah. It just kind of seemed like they were trying to, I don't know what they were trying to do with him, but it seemed like, uh, like, um, not a distraction, but basically something that would, uh, make them, you know, um, just uh, screw things up later, you know, like we mm. wouldn't get 20 episodes, but it would, uh, the show would end on this huge cliffhanger because of all of this unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. I was afraid of that being a case, but thankfully it all worked out well in i also the end. thought it was kind of funny because he plays it so over the top as mm -hmm. uh you know she it's so over the top when he's in janeway's body that i was just like and eventually they end up like throwing her in the brig because they realize something's going on there but like yeah. i would <laughs> think the like super uptight and dorian commander guy would have done that like right away instead of yeah. letting her wander around for 20 minutes first <laughs> but well, I, probably well, I think i think that was more i think that was more for like a kid's thing you know what i mean like in yeah. a normal trek episode like yeah they would have been thrown in the brig or would have been something until they found out what the deal was but um but yeah i think it was just more for like the comedy aspect for like the kids oh, yeah. and that attention. stuff yeah. and that stuff worked really well too so yeah. i'm not going to i don't want to yep. ding that too much yeah plus um, you have to take into account you know even if uh, you know they didn't just let her you know just wander around like probably took them a while to uh, figure out what was going on with her you know cuz apparently yeah. she was sleeping so well, she was else... not really sleeping, but she was knocked out because uh, they, because um, she found uh, Asensia, the the real Asensia, mm -hmm. and the father talking, and you know, and uh, General Grievous there. Yeah. Does anyone else find it weird? I mean, and maybe I'm just nitpicking the voice work and not like taking shots at Alexander or anything. But does anyone else find it weird <laughs> when the when the Tellwright Doctor speaks? Like it feels like. And granted, these are all these are all recorded. Obviously, they're not doing they're not doing like live voice work on a show like this. That would make no sense. But like when David Diggs and Jamila Jamil speak, it feels normal. But because he's doing like such an affected thing to get the Tellerite voice, it feels like he's his feels recorded, where the rest of them sort of feel natural in a way. Well, I, I, have, I have a feeling. I have a feeling they probably did record his just because I don't feel like they would bring him out to a studio um, to um, to like talk with the other people. A lot of times yeah. now, unfortunately, because of COVID, um, which I mean, it's fortunate for some of the voice actors, but unfortunate for like that, like aspect that you used to, you used to get, like with Conroy and, and uh, Hamill, when they used to bounce off each other as Batman and Joker, yeah. um, you don't get them in person anymore they build yeah. their own studios in their houses or they go to a studio that's near their house they mm -hmm. record their lines and they send them to the studio or they send them to the voice director and then yeah. they piece them together afterwards and then they tell them like oh yeah it goes with this and then they have them like re-record them um so i'm imagining with somebody like jason alexander um they definitely had him record them and then just send them in so yeah. um which i mean is unfortunate but um unfortunately that is how it's going now because of covid and stuff and trying right. to keep people out of the studios yeah i do Plus, think you're right i, I don't even hear jason alexander in that voice at all like if i didn't mm. know that was jason alexander i'd be i wouldn't even pay attention to the voice of the character you know 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for some sort of Seinfeld line somehow. <laughs> I, I don't know how, but if if they bring these characters back for season two, which I kind of doubt, um, I'm waiting for some sort of Seinfeld reference to get in there. Uh, he comes yeah, in. Just, he comes yeah. in and his he comes in and his his tusks are shrunk. And he goes, I was in the pool! I was in the pool! (laughs) (laughs) That would be funny. Uh, I think you have a a point about how the voice recording works, but what's funny is, uh, I think you're right that that's generally what the method is now. Like, they all have, like, home studios and stuff. Uh, But if you you look at any of the, like, behind-the-scenes stuff on Lower Decks, like, that's what that whole show has been. And yet somehow it doesn't seem to affect the you would think that would be murderous to a comedy where they're like playing off each other but yeah. it never seems to do that which where this I mean unless kinda... unless uh cuz I haven't seen the stuff for lower deck unless they like um they're at home but like maybe they're facetiming or something it and so they see yeah. so they see them at their other recording studio like doing it and maybe that's how they're working off each other yeah they could um, be doing that that's true yeah cuz they they got to be doing something like that cuz that, that i cannot imagine that the voice work is so good with them doing it that way because yeah i mean it kind of seems like they work off of each other so they have to have some kind of video interface uh going with it you know yeah yeah, plus, yeah. I mean, technology came a long way, so... Mm. Yep. Yeah, like yeah, another, Zoom or something like that, you know what I mean? Another solid one to me, heading right into mm-hmm. the, the season finale, which, you know, we'll get into right now. So, do you want me to do 19, then 20, or do you want me to just do it as, like, one giant episode? It's basically just one, one giant, giant thing. episode. Do it. I mean, they, they split right. it kind of arbitrarily. There's really no mm-hmm. reason... To, I mean, I, I kind of feel like the way yeah. it was structured, like everything happens in the first part, and the second part is just all the wrap up. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean that's yep. that's kind of what they do on these two potters, like especially in um, uh, in uh, yeah. like uh, best of both worlds, which once again maybe they're doing these two potters to get them introduced to two potters too. Who knows? Um, yeah. I mean that's kind of what happens in best of both worlds is. A lot of the exposition, it happens in in episode one, and then in episode two, it's essentially just Riker trying to kill Picard. Yep. (laughs) And then then they're like, actually, we don't have to kill him. (laughs) I just find it funny that, like, obviously the first one was kind of, the the pilot was kind of a two-parter, too, because that was 45 minutes long. Yeah. And that was was not split, and this one was, Mm. and it really didn't need it. And I was kind of suspense. They were building. I think. I think what the. I think what they're doing is it's more for like you know the kids' attention span because I think if they just made it like an hour long episode that they probably thought that maybe the kids weren't gonna like like it or something. So if they split it up into halves, not only does it get them to come back the next week, um, but um, it also helps them with like the attention span of making sure they come back to it. You know what I mean? Yep. Possible. Anyway, all right, so let's get into this uh, this episode. So, uh, so the crew of the Pearl Star. Um, oh, we'll throw the is, title out. Oh, sorry. Uh, so the title of it of nineteen is Supernova Part One. Twenty is Supernova Part Two. But once again, I'll just I'm, make it I'm all. Gonna break in, I'm going to break in real quick on a related mm-hmm. but kind of unrelated topic. Uh, we had yeah. talked a little bit about the Prodigy video game that came out in the last few months. Oh yeah. The title of that was also Supernova. 
So I thought the plot of this was going to match that, and I, and I didn't get that far. I bought it. I didn't get that far into it. Um, and then I had to I had to start a new PlayStation account when I got the five, so I don't have it anymore. <laughs> um, so uh, this story has nothing to do with what that game was. So I was curious. I'm just curious why they used that title. Um, might have, might have just been because because uh, like. You know, towards the end, um, you know, Rock says that, you know, um, that they need to blow up the ship because, you know, technically a protostar is like the first version of a planet. And so then it'll go supernova, the ship. So maybe that's why they called it supernova. I don't know. Okay. I mean, anyway, so I, don't want to interrupt your, I don't want to interrupt your plot thing too much. Oh, so no, 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 no. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, so anyway, uh, basically, protostar um, is trying to escape the fleet. Uh, but they're being fired upon um, because uh, um, they, uh, yeah, so they're being fired upon. Um, and so they're doing all kinds of things to escape all the firing and everything like that. In the meantime, um, the Diviner, uh, General Grievous, and Essencia, they are able to beam onto the ship once the shields are down enough, um, which actually... It was actually pretty interesting that Dahl had um uh, um uh wow why am I forgetting his name uh the Tellerite um Jenkum Jenkum this thank him Jenkum Pod um had him uh, divert the Protostar uh power to the shields and boosted the shields which I thought that was very interesting to have him do um anyway. Yeah. Um, oh, so, I'm just gonna yeah. throw out the uh, the robot's name is Dreadnought before we get yeah, sued by Disney. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm seeing that now <laughs> that it's called Dreadnought because now it says it in the wiki plot. But I still like calling it General Grievous. Yeah, um, it is kind of similar to Grievous. I'll give. And it then that. also, also, I'll I'll mention another uh, Star Wars reference uh, a little later in my plot description. But uh, so anyway, so um. So they um so they get onto the ship and they're attacking um Gwen on the bridge and then uh well the Ascentia is attacking Gwen on the bridge um and then her father gets trapped underneath um with the red glowing thing um because Ascentia wants to kill Gwen where the father doesn't want to kill Gwen so basically it was like a way of Ascentia trapping the father underneath so that way she had a chance to kill Gwen meanwhile Dreadnought is um, attacking the rest of the crew um, and basically putting them down in some sort of, uh, I don't know if it was like a shuttle bay or a storage thing or something or just a hallway. But yeah, so basically it seems like all is lost there. And then um, uh, Gwen gets attacked enough. um, And then uh, the father comes up and Asensia um, uh, basically morally wounds the father um and so he drops down to the ground and he's like you know telling her how much he loves her and everything and then doll and everybody finally towards the end um is able to get free and then they start making their way up and they get there just in time for the father to kind of like disappear into like a weird like blue thing in the meantime while that's all happening Asensia is opening a channel to the dreadnought. I mean, to yeah, to the dauntless, um, and uh, basically starts the virus, and the virus infects the entire fleet that's there attacking the protostar. 
Um, and then that's where part one ends. Part two picks up right where it left off. Um, and so Janeway um, is like running onto the bridge, or maybe that was at the end of part one. I'm not sure. Um, Janeway runs onto the bridge after convincing somebody to uh, get her out of the brig, which apparently was um, from Voyager. Um, oh, it was that, when they that's had. From, that's from. Uh, that alien was from a species called the Devore, who yeah. were refugees that the that Voyager picked up in the episode Counterpoint, mm-hmm. uh, where they were hiding them and they were dealing with the whatever the oppressive government was. It was a different species. Devore. Name, but that, Devore. No, but that, but I thought the other, I thought the, the people doing the no, oppressing they were something were something else. They were B something, I forgot. The yeah. war were the uh, anti, anti uh, telepath uh, race. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, to me, that was another uh, it was a deep, great pull Easter from, deep pull from Voyager that this show used. Yep. Uh, yep. Uh, my, only, uh, my only problem with that is uh, how did that person get to the Alpha Quadrant? Well, I think you're supposed to believe that with the slipstream drives and everything, it doesn't take that long anymore to do uh, that. True. Yeah, like but, I, uh, I would imagine they've because because they've talked about wormholes and stuff like that. Just like how this crew uh, with the Protostar was able to get from basically the Delta Quadrant over to um, Federation space pretty quickly. To be yeah, honest, like here's, here's, you how, here's how you can justify that, Boris. Like. You know how they're they're arguing this whole thing about finding Chakotay and stuff over the course yeah. of this? Oh, oh we'll like, talk about also, that. Sorry. That, oh, yeah, yeah, hold on. Sorry. Forgot about that. So in the last episode where she uh, was in Doll's body, um, she unlocks memories from Janeway and finds mm-hmm. out stuff about Chakotay and stuff like that. Sorry, I completely forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, um, no, we're sees, able to... And sees her on the bridge, sees him on the bridge. And stuff like that, and so helps Janeway remember what happened with Dreadnought coming onto the bridge and basically either killing them or kidnapping them or whatever happened to them, which I will get to in a little bit. Yep. The other thing that we forgot to mention from Mindwalk, there was a reference to Threshold in there, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, there, was a, there was a reference to what? The episode Threshold, Threshold where, where, where Janeway oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, that, uh, Justin, that, uh, one imp- yep. one more important uh, thing you forgot is that this whole mess uh, started out because Admiral Jellico didn't like uh, a bunch of kids, you know, impersonating yes. Starfleet officers in the official Starfleet uniforms. Yeah, mm. yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, because he uh, he he ordered he ordered the uh, Andorian to fire on the ship, even though Janeway didn't want them to. Uh, because you know they need to, they need to get on. Because he agreed with Asensia that they needed to get onto the ship and they needed to take control of the ship before these criminals uh, did any more damage. Yep. Um, also, it's nice to see um, there's still there's still consistency of character. Jellico's still a dick. <laughs> also, I also mm-hmm. forgot to mention from the part one part was that um, the Universal Translators went down. Um, so I was going to talk had, about that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because Gwen had to use her ability to kind of call in reinforcements because at the time they were still being attacked by the fleet. And so they were trying to have them basically as an intermediary, uh, you know, Klingons and stuff like that in between them and Starfleet. Um, so, yeah, and so I forgot to mention that part. Yeah, I yeah that so I think we all discovered who speaks which language, right? Yep. <laughs> I think that was a great callback to the beginning of the show where they're still on the prison planet. And the whole idea was that they didn't allow for translators because they didn't want 
people to be able to communicate with each other. And I thought also, the idea that... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, finish. Yeah. I just thought the idea that they would lose the translators again was a was a nice callback to the beginning of it. Um, For sure, man. I mean, uh, I remember how much uh, time we spent on uh, talking about, you know, universal translators <laughs> and uh, who speaks which language and yeah, how many. Uh, it was a, it was a great. I was like, I can't wait to talk about this with the guys, man. <laughs> and I think it was a, I think we it was are- a nice. It was a nice way to show how far they've all come. Where, you know, early on, if this has happened early on, they would ju- would probably just start killing each other or whatever. But uh, Gwen was able to speak to Rock Tech in her language, and it sort of settled the whole thing out. Yep. And I want to point out that I am right that they don't know each other's languages, and that they depend on the universal translator in order to understand each other, because even Janeway and everybody on the bridge over at the Dauntless had no idea what each other were talking about. Yeah, well, we, so, we still don't know which um, language uh, or languages uh, Picard speaks, so uh, just... Well, so. we don't know, but yeah, but still, <laughs> but still, I, I still want to point out that the universal translator um, r- basically excuses the fact of learning a language nowadays. Of course. Um, and that if That's you want to learn a language, it's for fun. It's not, you know, whatever. So, and also I still believe Picard is speaking French anyway. Um, so, uh, yeah. So anyway, getting back to the thing. So, uh, basically Janeway, uh, once, um, once the communication has already been, um, you know, uh, between the two ships, she's like, "Well, fuck it, we're gonna start <laughs> talking to them because they've already infected us with the virus." So she talks, starts now. talking to Gwen. Yeah, so she starts talking to Gwen, who speaks standard. Which Janeway said, "Oh, good, good thing somebody on that ship speaks standard, standard, which is a uh, Star Wars thing." about English being, like, standard or whatever. Actually, um, it's not, anyway. it's not Federation just Star Wars. Standard has, Federation standard has existed for quite a while. I don't know that it's necessarily wow. a Star Wars well, thing. I've never, well, I've no, never, well, I've never heard thing. them call it's it that. It's a fantasy thing, man. It's, yeah. it, 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 I mean, it comes back from uh, D&D and, uh, you know, uh, those types of games where basically mm-hmm. English language is the standard language, so to speak. Yeah. It yeah. mostly well, has to do with the genre, not uh, not. Uh, well, I think this is the first time that they've actually referred to it as standard in for sure on uh, a Star Trek because yeah. I've never well, heard yep, them refer right. to it as standard. Yep. Um, yep. You know, I've just referred to them as you know Federation or you know Terran or whatever. Like they've never or English. said. Yeah, well, I don't even I don't even know if they've actually called it English or not. I think they've you know just like I don't think they've ever said. Like, I don't think they've called it a particular language or anything like that. But, yeah, so I, I kind of wanted to bring that up, that it was uh, yeah. you know, considered standard, which the only time I had really heard that was in Star Wars. Yep, so. yep. Um, well, anyway. So, uh, so, yeah, so on this one, um, basically the crew of the Protostar uh, agrees that in order to um, basically save the Federation, um they need to abandon ship and they need to set a course uh, for the ship far away and basically implode the ship. Um, so that way, um, you know, it's destroyed. The device on it is destroyed. And hopefully that'll stop the virus uh, because once there's no signal going out, the virus will stop infecting the computers of the other ships. Um, mostly because the Klingons and the other ships that showed up 
um, aren't really faring all that well against the Federation. Um, and so um, Janeway, hologram Janeway, uh, tells them that she'll stay behind, not Dahl, because Dahl says that he would stay behind since he can't join the Federation anyway. Um, and he would glide it to you know a safe area since he's the captain. Uh, but then Janeway says that, no, you shouldn't have to sacrifice yourself. I can do it on my own. Um, and then you guys can just save my program onto an isolinear chip. And so they're like, oh, great. So their problem was solved. Um, so then they all so start ordered. to do their goodbyes and they start to get all, you know, thing about, oh, this is our ship, blah, blah, blah. Uh, come to find out Janeway is trying to put herself on the isolinear chip and she has outgrown the file size of the isolinear chips. So she cannot save herself. So she essentially uh, just gives them a chip that they're believing has her on it. Um, and so she didn't want to tell them because she knew that they, you know, wouldn't leave the ship without her. Um, so they all get onto a ship and they don't start the ship. They just float out into space because obviously if they start it, it'll get infected because it's a, uh, a Starfleet ship. Um, and so they kind of float out of the shuttle bay. Um, and they watch the protostar take off and uh, blow up, you know, light years away or whatever, and it becomes a supernova because, you know, it became its own star. And um, they took out the isolinear chip and they put it into the ship's uh, computer and they found out it was a uh, pre-recorded message, not mm -hmm. the hologram Janeway. And she explains to them the whole situation that, you know, uh, she didn't think they were going to leave and that they weren't going to be able, she, you know, out because of them, she outgrew just an isolinear chip and that she became a fully functional part of the ship and that her knowledge and information wouldn't be able to fit on something that small. And, you know, basically it was like her goodbye to them. Um, and so then obviously the kids are all sad because, you know, hologram Janeway was a real person to them. Um, and they, you know, had real feelings towards it. And um, so anyway, so they're floating out into space um, and they really haven't. Um, this was the part I was a little w wondering about is like, why didn't they like start it up after the virus ended? But that's OK. Um, and then um, well, they're in a shuttle, the aren't they? Yeah, but still, I mean, you could start the shuttle like, yeah, they're kind of just floating out into space for like a month. Um, and so then. Uh, Anyway, so then Janeway and all of them, they gain control back of the ships. Um, and so then they go back to Federation space um, and they go back to Earth um, while they're sending out ships to try to find the shuttlecraft, which once again, how in a month did they not find the shuttlecraft? But that's OK. Jump, um, jump forward a month now. Yeah, jump forward a month. And um, they're going on and on about like, you know, uh, what the criminal children had done and everything like that. And it basically... What happened is once the ship went supernova, it created a wormhole in space-time. Um, and so they ended up finding a signal from Chakotay. Um, yeah, but which one? Like 50 years in the Yeah, it's, it's Chakotay 50 years into the future. Um, I don't know if that means that he's been trapped somewhere for 50 years or if he was sent 50 years into the future and it's day 72 or day 172 or whatever in that future time that they put him. Uh, so I'm assuming I a second because I think they established yeah. in, that, in that one wall of the flashbacks that like mm -hmm. when, when they went and did 
uh, first contact with the Vaunacod. It was actually, they'd gone through that wormhole before that. Yeah. And it was actually in that future period that he would, mm-hmm. that he had been doing that. So, yeah. So it's also um, an alternate timeline from what I've gathered. It's not the same Chicote, it's a different Chicote. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, well, no, it's, 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 it's the Chicote that went out there on the, on the Protostar. It's just that now it's considered a alternate timeline because the other people went forward. I mean, went back in time to stop first contact. So essentially yeah. it is now an alternate timeline, but that is prime timelines, Chicote and the rest of the crew that's still alive over there. It's just that, that now they're in an alternate timeline. Um, right. As far as I can uh, assess from the situation, um, and I anyway. would bet that that comes back in season two somewhere. They make some oh, effort yeah. to get out of that. Oh yeah, well that's because now um, they came in and they said, "Admiral, we found them." Boom! They had crash landed in the in in the San Francisco Bay, and um, the the crew of the Proto Star is waving for help from underneath the Golden for, Gate Bridge. Did they look for whales when they first landed, though? No, no, unfortunately, I don't believe so. I don't think oh. they know what a whale is, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and uh, so they end up going in front of the council, and they want to throw the book at them. And then Janeway comes to their defense in a very elegant speech that I'm not going to try to repeat because she did a very excellent speech. job. Um, and uh, basically, even though um, Dahl is an augment, he should still be allowed to go into... Um, the Federation and still be allowed into Starfleet. Um, uh, fast forward to their decision. Uh, five of the six kids are going to be accepted as warrant officers in Starfleet and under the care of uh, Admiral Janeway um, instead of actually being admitted right into the uh, academy. Uh, the one child that did not make it was Gwen because of her, um, her uh, race is not part of Starfleet and her race is not part of the Federation yet. Um, they still haven't made first contact. So unfortunately, well, she's going to go. Well, it's not was, that. Was it's just that because she... she chose to go back to that. I don't know. It, it kind of seemed like a mixture of both. It kind of seemed like she knew she wasn't going to, and then she decided that she was going to go and find them, or that they, since only five of them were, she knew she wasn't one of the five. And that she yeah. decided, yeah, it was very unclear of the chicken or the egg. So, um, because I kind of felt go like that. they would have taken, they would have taken all of them, but she decided to do that. Yeah. Yep. Well, yep. it seemed she like did. it seemed like well, the way Janeway said it was that the council decided that five of you will become. So, it, it to me, what that meant was that the council had said that we're not going to accept the other one because she's not part of the federation. You know uh, what I mean? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how I interpreted it. But yeah. um, anyway, I didn't re- regardless, see it that way though. I didn't well, see it that way. Whatever. Regardless, <laughs> thing, though, um, really. I mean, the end result. Yeah, I mean, good. yeah, it's kind of you know chicken and the egg thing, and it's kind of like you know potato tomato. Anyway, um, so she's gonna go back and she's gonna go to her home planet and find her father, her past father, I guess. Um and uh, trying well, to explain to, to them first contact. That her father hasn't even been born yet. It's just a question of getting to them before all that happens. No, I think I think her father has has been born. It's just that he's like probably like a kid or something. I yeah, I don't know. A lot of that was like kind of like rushed through. 
Um, so I have a feeling we're going to end up seeing a lot of that in season two. Um, oh yeah, because I definitely and, think um, he'll be back. They're not writing her off. I'm also oh, I'm also sure. a little confused as to why uh, the Federation would allow her to go back to her home planet with the knowledge that you know they're going to be making first contact and stuff like that. Because um, technically, you make first contact once a, a, a civilization has hit warp. Um, so are they right, pre-warp? Maybe they'll, are they, maybe they'll like, get to that earlier than they should have because of the knowledge yeah. she's going to bring to them. Yeah, I yeah, thought so of that. I, I don't know, and I don't know if this is like their way of like maybe like going against the um, prime directive for this one time, just because it ends up leading to almost the destruction of the Federation. So maybe they're like, you know what? We'll let her go back, and we'll let her be like a intermediary between you know the federation and her planet so that way they don't crumble or something or get them yep. ready for the federation i don't know something like that um but yeah anyway so doll and her have a moment where you know they find out that they care about each other um and they kiss and then uh so after that she goes and off into space and the five other kids uh, join Janeway onto a new vert. Well, they don't go onto the new version of the Protostar, but they follow Janeway into the building because they have a new mission. And so I think that second season mission is going to be her search for Chakotay. So I have a feeling yep. we're going to have a lot of space time travel uh, in uh, season two. I also wonder if this will, you know, this structure of another season, if they're going to just be members of a new crew that Janeway runs is going to also, you, you know, that'll be a thing. You're right. Where they'll try to figure out a way to get Chakotay out of that situation. He's in the middle of now, but also will this lead to more like episodic stuff rather than this 20 episode thing with this virus and all that stuff, which was fine. It worked for the most part, but I'm wondering if this will allow them to open it up to more like, one-off things that don't have anything to do with that or they're they're not going to try to maintain one story over 20 half hours again you know so i could see that too uh i did like the uh zero gets a new containment suit that's all white i really like the design of that oh yeah oh yeah yep, yep, yep. so yeah i was quite impressed with this season actually i think they landed it pretty well um within the constraints of how you would do this as a kid show sure but you know i definitely think they landed this pretty solidly um and it amazes me that the that the cartoons are becoming the better becoming the better examples of of you know to me and i was thinking about this as i watched the last four like which of these shows like of the five, is it five shows now that are currently in production are Following four. the trek, the trek ideal the most. I mean, yeah, four, four technically, um, but there is supposed to be that fifth, uh, um, uh, section thirty nine one. Is it five? Because there's three live action shows and two cartoons. Wait, uh, oh, sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, I forgot there were three live action ones. Yeah. Yep, so five. Yeah, yeah. But I was thinking through it, and this would also sort of be like my rankings for the shows in general. Like, to me, Strange New Worlds is at the top of the list. Then you have mm -hmm. Lower Decks. Then you have this. 
Then you have Discovery, which I, and with the caveat that I enjoy all of these things, so it's not like I'm shitting on anything, really. And then you have Picard at the bottom, just because I think they're, that's one where they're trying to do something outside of what the standard Trek ideal would be. Your mileage for that may vary depending on, you know, your thought process on the two seasons of that. Um, but yeah, I've been. I was really impressed with this. I hope that they. Uh, the one question I had, and I was asking this from the beginning, like, where did the title of this show come from? Like, prodigy. Uh, cause, yeah, because it's they not are prodigies. Oh, are, okay. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. And the... he's, and he keeps calling Gwen his prod, prodigy. Progeny. Prod- which is, a way saying, which is a way of saying offspring, essentially. Yeah. 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 So, um, I don't know. I think I think it was just mostly because they are like essentially like in training for Starfleet. Yeah. So I kind of assume that it's kind of like uh, you know, they are prodigies of you know the academy or something. You know what yep. I mean? I would not. I would not be shocked though if they get if next season there's a regular ship that they're on and that ship is the USS Prodigy. Um that would not shock me at all if they actually mm. did it. Uh, maybe. Possible. Possible. I mean, yep. you never know, man. I mean it was a it was a great uh, it was a great way to end the first season. I mean Yeah, I thought me, it was very I mean it, it was it was a beautiful ending, man. I mean I'm glad that, that they uh you know they put some a lot of effort into it, unlike some of the other, you know, track shows up <laughs> oh, God. Uh, which we'll not mention, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great show, man, and lot of lot of lot of Delta Delta Quadrant Easter eggs, man. I mean, yep, and Voyager Easter eggs and stuff like that, man. It just makes my you know heart, you know, every time. Just I love this show, man. I love. I it. would still love to see, you know, and maybe you'll get this if they're going to be in the Alpha Quadrant more next year. I would love to see the rest of the Voyager cast show up on this somehow. Oh, for sure, man. It's I would love to all... see, you know, EMH show up. Yep. Whether That'll it's all cool. at once. I don't, I don't think they would do it all at once. But, I mean, I want to see, like, Tom and Harry and and Tuvok and everybody just show up somewhere here. Uh, you know, I think that would be great if they did that. And, yeah. with, and you could do it in a way without, you know, overwhelming the rest of it. Oh, for yeah. sure, man. I mean, and knowing what we know from the uh, original uh, series, I mean, from Voyager, you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, Harry Kim is captain by now, or at least yeah. a commander okay. or something. Oh, but, no, uh, no, 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 no. The joke yeah. would have to be, and you, you probably wouldn't do this on Prodigy, but he's been, ang- he's been, I know Garrett Wang's been angling to show up on Lower Decks and play Harry as the oldest ensign ever. Yeah, but the lower decks <laughs> is still set in the uh, TNG era, so that would be yeah. that would be hilarious. No, no, I no, do think well, that no, would be. No, oh, sorry, no, 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 right after, right after the uh, yeah, it's, it's still in that era when uh, Voyager came back, so it would it would still play uh, as a great joke. Yeah, but so yeah. is so is Prodigy, isn't it? Isn't Prodigy yeah, and both, lower decks kind of in the same area? They're both a couple of years after Nemesis. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the yeah. uh, prodigy is closer to uh, Picard than uh, Lower Decks is. Actually, yeah. Now that you say that, as because I, I Riker is captain of I, Riker is captain of the Titan, so you know. The timeline I look at said that uh, said that you know it's all like a fifteen-year range, 
and um, Lower Decks is closer to the front end of the post-Nemesis period, like it's yep. a couple years directly after that, and Prodigy is a couple years before Picard, like the Mars attack and all that stuff. Yep, yep. yep. So there's like a 15-year block between when uh, Nemesis ends and Picard begins, then Prodigy... I don't think, I don't think that's 100% true, because we had a flashback of when she was created, Gwen, and yep. and it was 17 years. So when she was created, it was like it was like around the Picard time. But then, yeah. so so seventeen years in the past, that would make it around lower decks, because yeah. that's. Where, I will, I will admit, I think this show has been very uh-huh. loose with the time frame. Uh, yeah. Understand. So this this show takes place in twenty three eighty three. Okay. Yeah, so I, did, I don't know not, what years. Not, I don't know yep. the years. Uh, so that's like five years. That's like five years after uh, Nemesis. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the one thing the one thing I would hope that they change to some degree with this one going into season two is not the any nothing having to do with the actual show itself. And we were talking about this a little bit in our pregame, which no one hears. Uh, but the release schedule for this is brutal. Like they got to figure out a way to be clear about what the release schedule is, or somehow do it so that you wait to release it till all 20 episodes are done and you're just going to go 20 weeks in a row. Like, cause it's just, it's fucking brutal trying to figure out like they don't. And I, I wonder if some of the stuff in season one was because of COVID and all that other stuff, but none of these other shows like take breaks like this one did. And it was like, I remember at one point after uh, the first 10, the break was so long. We were like, when is this coming back? What's going on here? Like, did they cancel this in the middle? Like, I don't know. I think they got to, they whether, whether they do the release schedule differently or they are clearer about how it's going to work next year. I mean, I think they got to do something there. Yeah, for sure, man. Cause it's um, just, I mean, and also like we, we talked about during the re- reviews of the first half like how is this the way they're releasing this helping with the attention span of children like (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i don't know i think i think the problem is is that they're under the assumption that like everything is animation so they're all treating everything like animation instead of like realizing that lower decks is more for the adults and um uh and uh prodigy is more for kids um, and so yep. I think that's a paramount plus like thing that they're kind of like not focusing on that and they're focusing on the Kurtzman stuff, which yep. obviously, as we can tell, the Kurtzman stuff is not as good as the animation stuff. As I think all three of us have said that we have Prodigy and uh, Lower, Lower Decks, Decks and at least our top three of oh, shows. Yeah, sure, man. So, yes. so that's above at least two of the live action shows, which is a Kurtzman production. So I think yeah. the problem is is that they're treating these essentially as second class citizens because of animation, and because they right. have so much money wrapped up into Kurtzman that they don't want to like really, I don't want to say promote them, but they don't really want to pump them up as much. You know what I mean? I well, well, you know, you got a ton of promotion like early well, on because it's also on Nickelodeon. Yeah. So no, but it it, so they're it trying to push it, it for even, Nickelodeon for people to watch Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon promotion though, dude. When before Prodigy started the the first block. I was seeing ads for it during fucking football. 
like they were really trying to push this one out. And I, I would wonder how the, that like this one Prodigy got promoted in ways that I've never seen any of this stuff get promoted. Like they were promoting Prodigy during NFL games. And like, I would wonder if that had, if that helped the, you know, what, however they figure the ratings on a streaming show and whatever. But I would wonder if you could point to like more people subscribe to Paramount plus because they wanted to look at this thing after seeing ads for it during football. I mean, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's happening. I think, I think the problem is, is that Paramount plus right now. Um, I mean, they are, um, I did watch a video about subscriber counts. Um, yeah. and they are, they are like three times more subscribers than like Peacock. Um, I think Peacock is but the they still, worst one as far as that. Yeah, they have like the least amount. I think they have like maybe 10 to 12 million subscribers. Yeah. Paramount Plus has about 40 million. Um, but yeah. that also could be a lot because of the uh, Taylor Sheridan stuff. So that um, and make all the Paramount movies go there after yep. uh, theatrical yep, Especially run. with Top Gun and stuff like that. You know, which uh, yeah, you had probably to didn't your, help them your, too much. You had to get your man <laughs> shot. Uh-huh. I did. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I think uh, part of me still thinks Amazon is the best, you know, and Disney Plus is uh, okay. I mean, if yeah. you don't watch most of their new new stuff. But uh, I wanted to say something else as far as... Pro- yeah, I, ho- I just hope, you know, it's a good thing that they're keeping... Uh, animation uh, people away from the uh, mainstream, so to speak, because apparently it gives them more power to do uh, track the right way, unlike uh, <laughs> Picard. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, but I think that's a bad thing, though, because now that means all the live-action stuff that people consider, like, actual Trek is not as good. Like, and well, you, you know, have somebody who I mean, clearly doesn't know, and you have somebody who clearly doesn't know what they're doing. You have somebody who clearly doesn't understand the law. You have somebody who clearly wants to do it their own way in Kurtzman, um, who is kind of fucking things up. No, you know, for sure. But whoever is doing well, Strange New Worlds and Discovery is doing a pretty good job, you know, at least for I, now. I don't, so I would like to those think are all, those are all Kurtzman stuff. I mean, yeah, but, yeah they are. But, but, he's, still, but he's it's not, better but, than Picard. It's better than well. It's Picard. better than well. It's better than Picard, but I don't think I don't think Discovery overall has been better than these things. Because yeah, Discovery but you haven't even, very, you haven't even seen Discovery, man. Right, <laughs> I've but seen I, the first like I, two episodes. Uh, the first that two doesn't, nah, even man. I don't think that stuff is better than you know. I like Discovery, and I I like it in a different way than anything else. No, for sure. Producing. But I mean, I think he's right that the. And I think Strange New Worlds has been good so far because it hasn't been. From everything I've read, that show has had the least Kurtzman involvement of any of the live action shit. Uh, so I don't know if maybe and they just re up this deal, which I don't understand how that happened. But well, because I think well, here's my thing, right? I think if he's the one coming up with the general ideas for these things, I think that stuff is great. But then he. I don't want him on the day to day of anything. Like if, like if he came up with the idea for Strange New World, say based on what they did with the Pike and Spock characters in Discovery, and this is the show we got from it from that general idea, great. But don't have him writing fucking scripts and all that shit. Well, I think you know I, mean? I think Strange New Worlds came about because people um, liked 
those People actors love- as those yeah. characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I think it just was like an organic thing where they're like, oh, there's something that they like. Let's make a show about but this. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah the, but <laughs> Strange New Worlds is just two characters that we've seen before. You know, well, three. You know, mm. none of the others we've seen prior. I mean, yeah. uh, if you don't count Uhura, is like we've seen her in TOS. But you know yeah. what they're doing with Uhura on Strange New Worlds is pretty amazing. Yep. Uh, so, um, even though yeah, some of I it, even that. though some of it kind of goes against the regular lore, but that's okay. I'm I'm excusing. I do want to dip into because I, I still believe. And you I see, still you can give a sh- yeah, you see, you, universe. Yeah, you can give yeah. it a pass when they're doing things right, so to speak. Unlike Picard, yeah. where when they do a lot of things wrong, you you, ba- you know they just you know everything goes to shit. Like, mm. yep, yeah, for certain uh, things. But even but see, the thing is though, is that up until a certain point, Picard is in the prime universe. No, and for then sure. After a certain point, it's no longer in the prime universe. So that's why I can kind of excuse anything from Picard from now on because because of the whole Borg thing, um, it's no longer in it's no longer in the Prime Universe. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna dip into right. Trek physical media for a minute. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. As we speak of Prodigy, if you want the the a, a DVD slash Blu Ray set of the first ten episodes came out this month. Um, and I do have that because I am a paranoid physical media collector when it comes to all things Trek. Uh, I've, we've probably talked about this, but my logic for that is that at some point, uh, I'm, I'm of the belief that at some point within the next five, six years, Paramount Plus is going to go under and mm-hmm. all this stuff is going to disappear off the internet. So I still want to be able to watch it. So as long as they offer me physical <laughs> media for it, I will do that. Um, I, I bet you it will John, show up on Amazon. John, you're supposed to be point. the optimist of this group. You know what I mean? I you're supposed to be the one that, you know, keeps us I together. I am the optimist in that I like more stuff than you guys do, but I can still see the business writing on the wall. I, I'm um, not going to take against you personally. I, I think of myself as an optimist too, but I'm sure, yeah. you know, no matter where Paramount goes, eventually Trek will show up on all of it on Amazon. Yep. And uh, the first season blu-ray for strange new worlds releases i believe march 26th um so i'll be grabbing that when that comes out i was kind of hoping that given how late the prodigy box set releases were that it would be the whole 20 but i get why they're not Mm. doing um hopefully they'll just get the second 10 out before season two starts at whatever point that's going to be um hey man so, if i can get 20 straight weeks of prodigy i'm gonna be a happy camper yeah yeah i would love that too and i mean i also know that if you if you don't have access to paramount plus this stuff is eventually ending up on nickelodeon uh i think the first 10 have already been on nickelodeon i believe the way they structured the deal is that paramount plus gets first airing of it all uh and then it will it ends up on nickelodeon at some later point um and because I have access to Paramount Plus, I've never looked at the Nickelodeon airings for it. So I don't know how those, if they modify them in any way or anything like that. Um, so as far as, thank you for joining me, boys, here. We completed another season of another show. What are we up to now? Hey. I think this is the fourth thing we've done full season reviews for by now. Uh, um, yeah, because yeah, we did uh, our fifth thing. Because uh, did you guys did this? You guys did Discovery. Um, Discovery. We did. 
We did Picard. We did and Strange uh, New Lower Worlds. Decks. We did Strange Lower New Decks. Worlds, and now this. Right. Yep. Yeah. Five. That's right. Five okay. shows, man. And as far as our, uh, I have some. And granted, we might were any new new stuff is basically dead for about a month uh, because Picard season three starts February sixteenth. Um, so we'll be pausing any new material until then. But I do think there are some things we could do. We've talked about going back to retros. Um, I'm gonna. What we're gonna do with the retros from now on, I think, uh, is um, I don't think there's any point to right now, at least, to because we were going through the movies. I don't think there's any point to making like any strenuous effort to finish that because now that we know that the fourth Kelvin movie is not happening anymore, that was kind of our incentive to finish that. So I would say we should go back to like a single episodes picked by people and agreed. Because, agreed. Because I don't think we've ever had Justin pick anything. We gave him the next option. And I believe didn't he, he chose, pick uh didn't I he believe, pick something last time? Like he wanted to do something. There was something. Well I I think I, I think I picked an episode, but we never ended up doing it because of something. So, right. Ah, right, right, so, right, 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 right. You yeah. actually, I believe it was you who actually suggested the game. Yeah, um, yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I, I recently, yeah, I recently watched it, and um, yeah. I do have some theories about like what it, um, basically its influence not only on what's happening now, but influence on what they basically um, thought of was going to happen in the future for us, like yeah. as in like today. Uh, like you know, thirty years yeah, in the right. future. Um, yep. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, things that are happening now that 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 episode really goes to. Uh, so I'm really excited to kind of point some of that stuff out. Yeah, nice. Yeah, uh, so we'll figure we'll figure out if we want to do that next week or uh, I'll actually be um, after another week or so. My wife's going to be out of the country for about three weeks, so we can record a bunch of stuff in that time. <laughs> um, um, the other things I was thinking about, Justin, we had talked about doing, uh, reviews of the current IDW comic that's out, uh, mm -hmm. which is kind of a, also there's a strange new world mini series out right now, which, uh, it, it, only the first one's out to this point. I believe it's supposed to be a four issue mini series. Um, and it's a strange new world thing that seems to fit in between season one and season two because it deals directly with all the stuff with number one after the end of season one so i believe it's called the illyrian enigma if you want to look that up i think the first issue is on comiXology right now i don't know what the future release plans are um so those those are things we could do i know they're talking about a second uh spin-off series off of that uh off of the main comic right now, which hasn't started yet, I don't think. But uh, you had posted some link about that a while ago, and I'm keeping an eye out for that as well. Um, and we could obviously do more retros between now and the 16th. Um, so yeah, we'll. There won't be new stuff for a couple weeks, but we'll be we'll still be populating the Trek space for a little while anyway. As we should. Yeah. Oh yeah, and I mean, God, there's what like 700 hours worth of stuff. Like we can probably more, man. 
we can i remember when we first started doing this and all we were conceiving of was retros we were never thinking yep. of like let's review all the current shit as well, it happens you know yeah but you know discover was the only new show on and it didn't have very good following and you hadn't even watched it i think at that point no i had i was you watching had? it every week but uh mm. yeah i was oh, always i forget there. but it was just you and me, and we thought we would be doing retros for like a few okay. years. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out our next, uh, the next retro after the game because I think I have one we should do. Um, Justin, you said you haven't watched a ton of Enterprise, right? Yeah. Ooh. Well, I when it originally first aired, I watched most of it, but then after I think like the second or third season, I basically stopped watching it until the finale, and okay. then I just watched the finale. Um, but yeah, I would I would have to go back and watch a lot of that stuff. I've tried to go back and watch it, but like, yep. it's really a slog to get through for me. I'm going. But, I'm uh, going if, to, if you have particular episodes, I can watch particular episodes. So my my next one's going to be just because I think this would be a really interesting one to talk about now that we have you know now that there's been so much stuff beyond it. Uh, after the game, I'm going to suggest we do the Enterprise pilot. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. Broken Arrow, sure, man. Broken Bow, yeah. I think that would be really interesting to do. Um, so, yeah, we will talk about uh, what we want to do with these shows in the future. Um, tomorrow, in fact, and this is not Trek-related, but tomorrow we'll be recording our first season review of the, to speak of Taylor Sheridan, as you mentioned earlier, the first season of the Sylvester Stallone series Tulsa King, which will be, I believe, Justin, you and me, and Milos, right? Yes. Yeah, so that should be fun. Uh, I have some thoughts. I'm sure we all have some thoughts. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, thanks so, for so just okay. uh, so just a, a little thing before we take off. Uh, I did find an article while I was looking up the Nickelodeon stuff um, mm -hmm. about some of these episodes from the creators of the show. Um, and so, yeah, they talked about the body switching episode as um it's an animation trope too because it's a cost saver and then the other brother says um it's cheap it, yeah it's a cost effective concept for an episode but as we dive deeper into it we're like wait a minute this could be dramatic and funny everything all at once so yeah, yeah. and then there's and then there's another there's an there's an article on here on tv fanatic um that you know kind of talks about um, their thoughts on the rest of this season because I think they did this around episode 18 and then they kind of talk about the ideas for season two. So, yeah, so if anybody's listening, you can go find that on there and, you know, go nuts. Cool. Okay. So, uh, we'll be closing the log for at least a week or two and we'll come back with the game at some future point. Um, and it's all then, about the game and how you play it. Yep. All right, boy. <laughs> this was fun. Yeah, talk to you guys later, fellas. Yep, Justin, right. I'll see you tomorrow for the other thing. So <laughs> let me turn the robot off and we'll be good. Oh, okay. Okay.